Pride is the root of all sin. Pride is an inordinate desire to excel. Pride is what led Eve and Adam to sin against God. St. Thomas Aquinas adds a little, little twist to this as well. He says, yeah, pride is there in our intention. Our intent is to inordinately desire to excel, to be greater than we are. But the way that this manifests itself in execution is through covetousness. And we see that in Eve, right? The devil comes to her in the first reading and says, you can be like God if you eat the fruit. And she desires to be like God. But she reaches out and sins in that desire initially, but then it manifests itself in taking something that is not hers, taking something that she was explicitly forbidden from having. And so we see this in our own life. And while I would love to stand up here and go for on for 15, 20 minutes, an hour about pride and covetousness, I won't because I love you. But here's the thing also, right? In our own life, we don't necessarily think of pride or covetousness. But one thing I think that would help us understand this more and looking at our own life and trying to pursue excellence in accord with God's will, because that's what we're called to, that's magnanimity. What we're called to is to find our identity in the Lord, in Christ. And our sin is a failure to find our proper identity. We live in a time when identity is something we talk about all the time. And in a way, it's very important, right? Because it helps to root us in an increasingly complex and difficult world to understand. Our religious identity, our social identity, our sexual identity, all of these things. We try to figure out who we are in this world. But we have to remember that all of those things are accidental. All of those things are created in the world and are about who we are in relationship to other people. Who we truly are though, what our core identity is and the foundation upon which our entire life is built if it is to have meaning and purpose is our identity as a beloved son, a beloved daughter of Jesus Christ, of God the Father Most High. When we get that right, it helps us to approach the difficult challenges of this world. When we are rooted in who we are from our baptism, from our birth, known and loved by God, created with a unique act of love, held in being with a unique act of love, given what we need to live in relationship with Him and to have happiness without end or bound in this life and in the next. When that is who we truly are, when, not if, when we are tempted and challenged, we go into that temptation rooted in who we truly are and able to overcome because we are one in Christ, because we are one with the one who overcomes sin and death and temptation as we saw in the gospel. But when we put our strength and put our trust in these worldly identities, we are led astray. We are led to think of ourselves and to understand ourselves in ways that are not good, that are not healthy. In a college environment, the two greatest sins or temptations are sins against chastity and sins against sobriety. And what ends up happening is that we think that we can find a greater happiness, a greater wholeness, a greater completion if we're doing these things because they feel good. But what we fail to realize is that in our identity in Christ, the Lord has given us this gift of rationality. 
You and I are the only creatures who can know God and know that we are known by God. And any sin against our use of reason, which are sins against sobriety, are we diminish that ability to know and be known by God. But when we're rooted in Christ and we recognize who I am in relationship to Him, we desire not to diminish that faculty, but to enhance it. To know Him, to love Him, and to serve Him. And to serve Him and others, and to help others know and love Him. To use the gifts that we have been given in our body, not for our own good, but in accord with God's plan. That He has revealed to us not only that we can know Him and love Him, but that we can live in right relationship with Him and others through our gifts of chastity. But it never makes sense to do any of this unless we are firmly rooted in God. Think about this for a moment, brothers and sisters. Eve had perfect knowledge of God, had perfect unity with Him because sin had not entered into the world. She was like God. And she had knowledge of the one thing that matters, which is goodness, which is beauty, which is truth, which is God Himself. And yet, you know, the tree is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We think that in order to have it all, we need to know it all. And she forsook the one thing that mattered for something that was fleeting. For something in the fact that she already had. Union with Him. But how do we get there? How do we root ourselves in Christ? And Jesus shows us that in the Gospel today. Jesus goes into the desert to fast and to pray. Jesus is God. He on a spiritual and moral sense, does not necessarily benefit in the way you and I do from fasting and prayer because His will is perfectly the Father's. But He's showing us that if we desire not only to overcome sin and temptation, but to live in accord with His will, to live in the happiness and the fullness and the complete joy of being a son and daughter of Him, we have to pray. We have to fast. We strip away those things of the world that we find our identity, meaning, and purpose in for a period of time so that we can find our ultimate identity in Him. So that when temptation comes, initially, this is like a great example of what temptation looks like. Imagine it was Donut Sunday, which we don't do during Lent for a reason, but imagine it was, and you had given up sweets or donuts for Lent, and you loved donuts, guilty. And you went out there, and you saw the donuts, and you agonized for 20, 30 minutes, and then you finally said, no, I'm not going to do this because I love Jesus, and you walked by. Or the person walked by and said, donuts, that's great, but I gave those up for Lent, and he walked on and didn't think about them for the rest of the day. Who's the more virtuous? Who's the one more in love with God? The second person. When we strengthen ourselves, when we find our identity again and again and again in choosing Jesus, in choosing God's will, when the temptation comes, we see it, we recognize the goodness in, that is there, but we recognize the greater good, life in Christ, deepening our faith, loving others. And we move on. St. Paul has this beautiful line. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so through the obedience of one, the many will be made righteous. This is particular to Christ, but because we are one in Christ through baptism, it also manifests itself through us. Do we want to make the world a better place? 
We want to make this community a more Christ-centered community. We want the name of Jesus and the Catholic faith to ring out on campus. I hope and pray, yes. It's through our righteousness of one, of each of us together, that will help make righteous, that will help bring the good news of Jesus into the world. Sin is a reality. Temptation is a reality. But so is overcoming all of that in the name of Jesus Christ. I hope and pray, brothers and sisters, that this Lent you're able to find your identity in Christ, to strip away some of the things in this world that distract you, that take you away, so that you can become one with him. So when, not if, the challenges, the temptations, and the difficulties of this world come, you can respond in faith and love and hope and find joy in that. Because to do the will of the Father, as much as it's it's difficult, is the only place where we truly find joy. The righteousness, the yes of Jesus, has made it possible for each of us to be righteous and to say yes. So let's do it together. Let's say yes to Jesus, to his love for us, and to his all-encompassing rootedness in our hearts and in our souls.